Welcome to the Red Letters Podcast. In this podcast, we explore topics that can be life-transforming while delivering a message of hope. Hello, thank you for joining us on this week's podcast. We have Tony, Ida, and Mary here, um, and we're going to go ahead and dive into a topic today. How does one parent make their child or their kid know that they don't need the validity of an absent parent. And on this topic, we have a, a guest, Kinley, a family friend that's actually uh, went through some of this. And we want to go ahead and kind of uh, dive in and see her perspective and ask some questions and see if we could get some good discussion going. Yeah, thank you for having me. This topic is definitely a close to home topic for me. I have experienced, I think, all sides of this issue per se, um, because I was raised by a single mother. So my whole life I've dealt with abandonment issues from feeling like my mom might abandon me the way my dad did and dealing with that constant battle of wanting my father's attention despite not having a close relationship with him. So I would say this is right up my alley and I'm excited to share <laughs> whatever I can. Um, I guess the first thing you had mentioned that, you know, wondering the thought crossing your mind would my, my mom kind of abandon me like my dad did. What type of fear, if, if fear was part of it, how did you process some of that? Well, so fear was absolutely a part of it. I think for me, a lot of the processing came from going to, um, it was court mandated therapy and I had to work with adults to help me understand that the things I was feeling weren't my fault as a child. So my parents got divorced when I was six and I witnessed the downfall of their marriage and I witnessed things get kind of ugly between them. And towards the very end, things got physical and I firsthand witnessed a lot of that stuff happen. So I think for some reason, my, my toddler brain felt like it was my fault. Like I caused it. Mm. So I constantly felt guilty for tearing my family apart, having my parents get divorced. Somehow my brain managed to think like my bad behavior, me not getting good grades, me not listening to my mother or forgetting to, you know, take the trash out or something caused the divorce to happen. So I needed a lot of therapy because it's hard to explain something as complex as divorce to a six-year-old, but it just, I would say it helped me become really emotionally mature, which helped me throughout the rest of my life. Um, and I think that's the biggest silver lining to everything I've experienced is the fact that now I have this knowledge on all these topics. Mm. Um, but yeah, fear was absolutely a part of it. And processing just came with years of therapy for me very young. Mm. What would you say, like, what was the biggest challenge that you had to overcome? I think it was the the mental battles because like I said, so my, my dad wasn't really a part of my life for most of my life. He came back and forth and we had, um, split custody. My, my parents had split mm -hmm. custody, not me. Um, but I was supposed to see him every other weekend growing up. And some years he would do it, some years he wouldn't. The biggest challenge was trying to get his attention through good grades, performing well in sports, 
doing every extracurricular I could and still not ever feeling good enough and having that mental battle because I would have my mom telling me, you know, she was there for me for everything. She would tell me, you're doing amazing. I'm so proud of you. And it was never enough. I didn't have any um, like validation mm. from my father and that was all I craved. And it turned out to make me a very successful student and a very successful athlete. Mm -hmm. And on paper, I looked really good. But the whole reason I did it was to try to prove to my dad, like, hey, I'm good enough for you. Like, look how good I can be. Look how cool all these things I can do. Almost but like you had to earn it. A hundred percent. Like okay. I, I tried whatever I could do. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't until I would say I was probably 14 or 15 that I realized like I've been putting in all this work. I've been listening to all my like authority figures in my life. And it's still like, he's the only one that I can't get to pay attention to me. And once I realized like nothing I'm doing is making a difference, I think that's when I first of all went into like really bad depression. But that was kind of the the breakthrough moment for me when I realized like I've been doing this for years. At that point, I'd been doing it for most of my life and it still wasn't working. And that was the biggest thing I had to overcome was that mental block of realizing like it's not about you. Mm. At that certain moment, I finally realized like it's not me because so good. I was I was the child that people hope to, to have, mm -hmm. essentially, like yeah. I was I was that like goody two shoes kid. I was always on time and I wanted to perform well and I had straight A's, but none of it mattered because the issues weren't mine. They were my father's. And when I finally learned that as an early teenager, that was when I was like, OK, just live my life, essentially. Mm-hmm. Kelly, I want to thank you so much for that because that is so powerful. Um, and what would you say to that parent? Because I don't know, you didn't mention, but was there a communication between you and your mom and how was it? The person that you were spending most of your time with. And for our listeners out there, I want them to know something to the, through this. I want them to understand how we as the adult impact our children's life and development. Because I believe that a lot of parents married couples start to think that this is just going on between me and him, uh, us, but don't realize that the children are being impacted in such a way where they blame themselves, where they think, what could I have done different to possibly help this? So my question to you is, is there, I know that you said you were six years old, but there, it probably didn't start when you were six years old. There was other stuff happening before you were yeah. six, but if from your perspective, if, the, if is there something you could tell a parent, like, how do you talk to this child? How do you make them understand it's not you? How mm -hmm. would you, in your words, how would you do that? Or do you think that would even help? Well, I, I always say, like, my mom saved my life mm -hmm. by providing stability. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, my mom is... She knows how to finesse. She's a hustler. She's like she mm -hmm. is that survivalist, like mama bear, because she raised all of us on her own. Right. And we weren't rich or anything, but she taught us how to carry ourselves really well. Mm -hmm. And she always provided for us. So she provided that stability. So my whole life, she was always reinforcing the things that I needed, telling me it's not your fault. It's your oh. dad's issues. Mm -hmm. She was always there to encourage me and give me what I needed to hear, but I didn't listen to it because it's like when you, 
you do something really good and mm-hmm. your parents are like, I'm so proud of you. You're so amazing. Yes. You know, or you, you get dressed up for an event and they're like, you look so good. You're like, well, yeah, you're going to say that you're my parent. Right. You kind of siphon it into that category in your brain. Mm-hmm. I would say for parents who are possibly the, um, the provider in the families having that stability and it sounds rough, but being consistent with the encouragement, being right. consistent with your your words and not um, kind of not getting as involved emotionally mm-hmm. um, in the discussions with your child right. and just providing that, even though it might seem like your kid isn't listening, having that stability as mm. a child, knowing that my mom wasn't ever changing oh, what she perfect. felt yeah. for me, what she thought, um, even though I didn't always listen to her, I always knew what to expect from her. Right. And that created a really solid like foundation for our relationship oh, because great. I wanted to try and figure out all these missing pieces with my dad. Yeah. But my mom was always the solid structure in my life. So I would say just staying consistent with your children because they might not seem like they're listening, but right. they are. And knowing how to feel about you. Mm-hmm is a very important thing. You know, not being um, unpredictable for your children. Right. You can't be perfect. It's not possible, but you Stay can consistent. be. Yeah, you can be consistent. So your child always knows when I go to this parent, this is what I'm going to get. Yes. In good times and bad times, whether the child is behaving or not behaving, they know what to expect from that parent. Mm-hmm. That's what my mom provided for me that I think made a world of difference. Oh, that's awesome. So good. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, you said that around age uh, 13 or 14, that's when you started to realize it was a he issue, not a me issue. Yeah. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you, what happened? What happened when you finally realized? And then what happened to the old Kinley as opposed to the Kinley that was starting to develop from that point on? So it was a little dark just to mm-hmm. give everyone a heads up, but in seventh grade, um, things were just really bad. I think I, I got injured or something and sports was my vent for everything. Um, so I couldn't play sports. I was in a really bad place. My mom was struggling because single parents struggle. Right. Um, and so I wasn't really getting a lot of tension or supervision. Mm-hmm. Um, and Basically, I ended up trying to take my own life and I had to get put in like an overnight watch program. And that was like my my breakthrough moment, I think, because everyone kept telling me like after I got out of it, Mm -hmm. everyone's response was like, you're so young, essentially, like what issues could you have? But what people don't realize is that. No matter who you are, where you come from, if you have a million dollars in the bank or zero, yeah. when you feel things, you feel it's it. real. Mm-hmm. It's always as intense as you're feeling them. Yes. Um, and some people are better with their emotions and some people aren't, but it's always real for that person dealing with it. Mm. From the outside looking in, it always seems like it's mm. not as bad or there always seems to be an easier solution or something. Right. But I had that moment and it kind of shifted everything in my family again. Mm-hmm. And that was when I started having to look at every person in my life and see how they were affecting me and look at myself as an individual and look at my family members as individuals so who they cool. are apart from being my sister, my dad, my mother. Mm-hmm. I had to look at them as who they are 
in the world as people and see how they were affecting me and how our relationship was. And that was when, um, I, I basically tried to stop all contact with my father, which didn't last very long, but that was when I started, I would say like brewing a lot of anger for him, which helped me realize it wasn't me doing anything in that, that situation. It was his issues. Yes. But it wasn't it wasn't the smoothest process, right? I would oh. say, and, and that's the perfect segue. I want to go ahead and say this really quickly to all the parents, young parents that are listening right now. Validation is so important. It to you, like you, we covered this in the previous episode, but it's what's happening to you. It's what you're feeling at the moment. Let's look at it from Kinley's perspective and not from the adult's perspective. Like. What could you possibly be going through that? Why would you want to do this to yourself? It's actually sitting down and meeting the person where they're at, meeting the child. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of parents believe like you shouldn't be going through anything. I'm doing the best that I can. And we take it personal. We personalize it. And in reality, what we need to do is actually come down to the child's level. Quit thinking logical because a child at that age cannot think logic just yet. It's coming down to their level and understanding where the child is coming from. It's like, I'm here and I hear you. What what do we do? And how do we get through this together? So if there's a young parent um, out there listening or young child, anybody going through something like this, if you could, if you feel your parent, you're not connecting with your parent, then reach out to somebody at your church, reach out to somebody. I don't know who, like, I, I love to say the school, but sometimes even the schools are not equipped with that type of uh, passion to be able to assist a child. I don't know in your experience if you were able, if you ever felt like, can I talk to somebody at school or where do you go? Were you attending church at that time? Were you, um, aside from your mom, who else did you feel you could go to? Um, I had a best friend at the time who knew everything. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's kind of weird because all my friends came from my extracurriculars. So they were all my teammates or um, I was in the orchestra for a good amount of my life. So they were my fellow um, musicians, mm-hmm. um, things like that. So I didn't have super deep relationships with any of them, um, except for my one friend who I would kind of vent to. Right. But majority of it was just my mom. Um, and I was raised in the church. So that's oh. another thing that I think did make a huge difference in my life mm-hmm. is that another part of the stability my mom provided, no matter what was going on in our lives, we always showed up to church on Sunday. And I always had a church community of um, adults and children and people that I was close with my whole life. Um, But we had some like issues with our living situation. So we were moving a lot. So we changed churches, but my mom always had us in church on a Sunday. It didn't always have to be our home church. And sometimes it took us a while to find a home church, yeah. but that was something that she provided that was kind of nice because mm-hmm. we knew what to expect. Right. What was it that helped you just realize, okay, I just need to pay attention to where I am in life and focus on what I need to be focusing on and not get derailed by the things that you didn't have mm-hmm. and accept what you did have and how to move forward from that. I mean, as a young child, I would say that my my focus was very like superficial because I learned pretty early on that if I had good grades and I was scoring goals or, you know, <laughs> making points, whatever, that people would generally pat me on the back, smile at me and leave me alone. Um, and it was really only my mom that knew if I was ever not doing okay or not 
going, you know, in the right direction. But I think because your question was about where, sorry, my mind just went blank. Yeah. Kind of like, um, where's, when, how was it or how did you go about finally accepting, okay, this happened and, and now I got to just move forward and, mm-hmm. and focus on my life and what I have to do to move forward. And although my, my dad was, uh, absent and not the typical dad that people, you know, would like to have, how do you, do you move forward accepting that he might not just be a part of your life? Oh, I see. So I think one big thing that happened was that my, my little sister was born. So she was, um, my mom was pregnant with my little sister during the divorce and my dad around the time that I was 14. Yeah. Right after all that stuff happened, he decided that he wanted to start seeing my younger sister. So it's his child, but he met her when she was seven. Um, and that was when I kind of switched focuses because I moved into a protective mode over my little sister because I knew about all the, the pain essentially and things that I had gone through with him. And in my mind, as a teenager, I was like, you're not going to do that to my little sister. I'm going to protect her. Um, and I think that all these, all these little things that happened helped me to see my father as an individual Mm -hmm. and to see him as an adult and kind of like detach from him. And that sounds bad, but that was kind of what I needed to do was to step back and look at him as if he weren't my father and try to understand why anything might be happening. And that was when I was able to say, you know, to myself, like we're, we're all broken human beings. We all need help. We all have issues with different things. We all have struggles. Um, Mm. and that helped me focus more on myself and kind of, Mm. um, start working on that forgiveness. That was something that was a very wild process for me to try and forgive my father. But once I started working on that forgiveness and seeing him as who he is apart from me, I was able to kind of package that all together and move on from it. Mm -hmm. But it took, it took years. Yeah. It took most of my teenage life to try and do that. Um, But it didn't, it didn't actually finish until I was in college and I was able to have discussions with him as an adult and ask him all those hard questions of like, why were you never there? Um, Those kinds of things and, and see him as a, essentially a stranger. That's what always helped me was looking at him as a human and not my dad. My father. Because then it was, it was very emotional and it was very personal. But if I looked at him as a human, I could see you're just struggling like the rest of us. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That That is so powerful. Somebody needs to hear that one. (laughs) Yeah. Somebody, yeah. Somebody really needs to hear that. So Tony, I don't know if you had a question. I I was going to, um, so the question was, how does one parent show validation for that child, for the absent parent? So do you feel in your life that was done? Because it sounds like your mom was very strong. It sounds like she was just like, she was going to figure it out no matter what. Yeah. And I know in doing that, um, I raised a couple of boys by myself as, as a single mom. And it wasn't easy to validate their feelings and what they were going through. But I did my very best. Do you feel that was done with you? With yeah. The, yeah. I definitely do. I think that's um, similar to the consistency stuff yes. is just constantly being there for them and making sure that you are validating them. 
and making sure that they know that you mean it. Um, and it's tough because we are always going through something and we always have many things on our mind and it's hard sometimes to be compassionate towards others, mm -hmm. especially people that you're raising or people that you live with or the people that you're closest to. It's hard sometimes to show them compassion, but I think it's definitely a, a process. And I think that I was blessed to have my mom validate that in me because everything bad that my dad did, my mom did amazing. Um, she never missed any of my games. She never missed any of my concerts. I could do the smallest things, um, but she always made sure that I was super involved. So I always felt as normal as possible and always had communities and support groups around me. Right. And she was always on top of everything. I don't know how, but I think it is possible for the parent that's providing to provide validation. Yeah. But it does come with consistency. And unfortunately you're you're kind of working against the current. Yeah. So you have to provide that consistency constantly. But don't don't be discouraged if that's you. Don't be discouraged that um if it seems like your child isn't listening. Because mm -hmm. they are. They hear you. They and hear they you, tuck yeah. it in the back of their head, but yeah. they might not unfortunately, return the validation <laughs> right away. Yeah. It is working. Yes. Oh, that's great. And I just wanted to ask, how is your relationship with your father now? So it's still pretty, I would say sparse. We are on like a texting relationship. Like I can text him and ask him a question, but unfortunately, because I grew up most of my life without him, mm -hmm. I kind of developed not needing too much from him. Okay. So we'll go to dinner or we'll go like to the beach or something. We don't have a super close relationship. And I think that's for the best for our situation, just because of everything we've been through. Right. Now that I'm getting older, it's just kind of easier to keep things cordial, I yes, would say. Exactly. Um, and he's definitely someone I keep in my prayers, but um we do not talk like too often, mm -hmm. but I'm very happy with how things have turned out. Right. And he knows about my, about my life in general. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we've come a long way. That's great. Uh, it, thank you so much for is sharing Is there that. anything that you would change if you had to go through that process all over again? Mm, I, I wish I could take back some of the awful things I said to him. Mm. Granted, a lot of people have told me that the things I did was justified because I was a child. Right. But any time in my life where I've ever acted ugly, I always wish I could take that back because I've realized that acting ugly in a situation when you deserve to act ugly mm -hmm. still doesn't help. It never adds. Mm -hmm. um, and I've, I've said some really terribly hurtful things to him. And um, a lot of people will tell me that it was justified, but I don't. I wish I hadn't, yeah. you know, it didn't, it didn't make our relationship better or worse. It didn't do anything. It just ended up, like I said, me hurting another individual. And I love my father. I've always loved my father. I think if I didn't love him, my life would have been a lot easier. Right. It would have been easier for me to be like, forget about you. I don't need you in my life, but I could never fully do that. Right. And that's when I realized I needed to forgive him. Um, and thankfully I had support in my life to help me through that process, but I, I would just change the moments that I, That's I let 
all the darkness that I had mm-hmm. from so many things kind of win. Mm. Yeah. I, I, and that's something I work on now is like giving people space or taking my own space and making sure those moments don't happen. Cause every single one I, I absolutely wish never happened. But as far as how things unraveled, I, I'm blessed to be able to look back and see like, that's how God wanted it to happen mm-hmm. because I like to think I'm pretty cool now. Um, and I don't know if that would have happened. Cool. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you got uh, validation. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. But I don't, I don't think I would be this person mm-hmm. if I didn't have all these random struggles. And if the situation wasn't the way it was, I think God absolutely gave me my two parents on purpose. I truly believe like everything that happened as terrible as it sounds was exactly the way it's supposed to happen. And thankfully I'm in a place in my life now where I can look back and see that Mm. and I can see what benefits came from the darkness um, and the way that he turned around so many things for good. And what, what would you say to a younger person that's going through that, the middle of that process and isn't making the same choices that you made. They're letting the darkness just be dark. I think at a certain point in your life, you have to start challenging yourself. Mm -hmm. I think that it's always easier to let the the darkness win. Mm -hmm. It's always easier to stay in bed. It's always easier to, you know, just judge someone or judge yourself it's always easier to take like the wrong road essentially and I think at some point you just have to realize like your your own potential all the things that people have told you your whole life about the great things that are inside of you is true it's real no matter the amount of success that you've had there's always success to come and at some point you have to accept who you are and embrace who you are and challenge yourself to improve your own life, mm-hmm. you know, because you're, you're the only one who can, but it is, it is hard, yeah, I think. And I also realizing that no one is that, um, no one is that strong. No one is that tough. Like right. people have support in their life. People have help in certain ways, no matter where they're getting it from. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone needs help yeah. and it's not a, bad thing to ask for it from whoever you can. Mm -hmm. But I would, I always try to encourage people just to try and challenge themselves to do the harder thing, which normally has longevity. It usually provides more benefits in the end and Mm -hmm. helps you develop into a better person. But, um, it gets tough in the moment trying not to choose darkness. Yeah. You know, Kenley, I wanted to, um, Say something. You said that you there's some of the things that you said that you would like to take back. I'm a strong believer that at the moment, it's what your body needed to do to release so mm. that healing could start happening. So I understand where you're coming from when you say, I wish I wouldn't or, or whatever. But it's okay to move past that. Obviously, you you know that. Mm-hmm. And it's okay that we went through it when we went through it. And I said those things that I said, because in that moment, I needed to release. Mm-hmm. I just needed to, I needed that for myself, for my own sake. And then the other thing that I just love that you mentioned, because I've heard this before. I just didn't know how it applied. But you said it was okay to look at your father as just a human being, another individual, mm-hmm. a broken individual, if you will, because he he was, and I don't know if he continues to be, but 
when you were able to separate that, the emotional attachments, like you did not detach from your father, we can't do that. But the emotional attachment that came mm-hmm. when you, because of everything that he wasn't there, like the, the absence of him not being there. There was so emotional, atta- there was so much emotionally attached, attached there that when you thought about it, you would like be down on yourself. Yeah. But you overcame that. And that's really beautiful. And and thank you for sharing that. And what I want our viewers to know, or I'm sorry, viewers, our listeners to know is it's okay. It's okay to, you know, if it's your mom, if it's your dad, I, I work with foster kids. Um, oh, well, not anymore, but I did. And I still have a really strong uh, connection to them. And what I would want them to know is that it's okay. I love my mom from afar. I love her over there and I'm going to be over here and I'm okay with loving her this way because it works better for me and it works better for her. And this way, I can't allow that hurt to come in and continue to make a nest within me because that person is broken and they haven't gotten it. And in spite of what happened, in spite of the fact that the father was absent, mom did so much to make you feel like you never really missed anything. Like you were a whole person. Like overcompensated. Yes, overcompensated. So you would never feel that missing piece. And she obviously did a a wonderful job. You're an amazing person from what I hear. And the the little I know of you, you are a very amazing woman and you're going to make a change in so many other people's lives. So I, I really do hope that the ones listening and if they are the younger kids it's okay to love your parent and it's okay to be apart from the parent because as long as you continue to allow that toxic relationship to uh, um, grow you're going to continue to hurt not mm-hmm. just you the person that's going through it but the individual that doesn't know how to mend it the individual the adult that did never knew how to, or never realized how do i fix this if i'm do i'm doing everything I can. And if you really look at it from their perspective, in their mind, they did everything they possibly could. And this is all they had in their cup to give. Yeah. So uh, I love the way that you phrased that and that you said, you're okay. You, your relationship is so much better, but you're, you see him as a human being, not as a father. And yeah. that really helped you to move on. And I'm sure it's really helped him to have this communication and this love with you that doesn't he does i don't feel like he doesn't feel like he has to pretend and do more than what he can do and Mm -hmm. because this is all he has so for our listeners i would hope that our young younger generation could come to that place and understand that i can still love this person i just don't have to be involved with them and that's that's not only going to help me it's going to help them to take the pressure off of that person so I thank you so much. This is uh, this has been so eye-opening because now i got to go home and talk to my kids, do some apologizing. <laughs> but yeah. thank you so much, Kenley. This is really uh, insightful. Yeah, the, the other thing that I really saw and appreciated is how you were able to take off the expectation to mm-hmm. save the relationship. I think that that's such a beautiful thing that if you're if somebody's out there having a hard time with their, whether it's a mom, dad, uncle, grandmother, whatever, somebody you know, dissed you, they didn't treat you right, uh, to turn around and trying to restore that relationship and keep that relationship and get the expectation and just put it off to the side in order to uh, see that relationship restored. I think that's a beautiful thing too. And and to be honest, you just hearing you during this conversation, I see, you know, I'm not sure if in your eyes, you're a hundred percent healed with this, but you seem like you're in a real good, healthy place yes. uh, because you're able to talk about it, and it doesn't sound like hurts are resurfacing, 
where you don't even want to mention his name. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something powerful that I'm reading between the lines on this this topic and how you're opening up your life for us to, you know, kind of take a scope on which how this worked out for you. Yeah. And I love that you said, talked about restoration, because I think for so many people, restoration, they think we used to be best friends. We used to be super close. Restoration means being that again. Mm -hmm. And that's not always the case. And I I absolutely advocate for forgiveness. And like you said, loving from afar, Mm -hmm. you know, letting that letting that relationship kind of be what it is Mm -hmm. and finding it in yourself to forgive that person and then keeping that relationship where it is. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times letting people back in your life to keep hurting you is going to keep breaking down the relationship. So I love that you said restoration because restoration, what restoration looks like changes Mm -hmm. and you can have a relationship that's restored and not, you know, super close. Yeah. But I think that's, um, Absolutely what I wish for people who have relationships like that mm-hmm. is just to reach for that. But it's absolutely attainable. That's good. It's amazing. Thank you so much. So in closing, uh, we want to encourage our listeners that if you are going through something, reach out. Reach out. There's somebody, somebody willing to help you, whether it's in your church, whether it's at your school, whether it's your neighbor or your, you know, your sometimes your aunties are really good at listening and they're good at being there for you. Um, the other thing that I want to let everybody know here is no one is immune to this. Not even if you grow yeah. in the church, not if you have a single parent, not if you have two parents sometimes in the home, no one is immune to this hurt, to this pain, to this rejection. But I believe at the end of the day, if we come to God and we seek his guidance, we will be healed. Um, There's a scripture in the Bible that says, if he brought you to it, he will get you through it. And I see that in you. And I see that in uh, every individual that I speak to that is victorious after going through so many battles. I see that God brought us there, but he took us through it. He never left us alone. So I thank you so much, Kenley, for this uh, opportunity to interview you. And yeah, if anybody has any questions, any comments, anybody going through anything, please, please feel free to reach out Ida myself Tony we're here and we're willing to give um just just give a hand a hug and pray for you thank you guys thank Thank you. you